Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. That's right, it is a new year, a new episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are again to talk a random monster from a random monster manual. Now, the exciting thing, the exciting thing is we now have at least one new monster manual to pull from. A little uh, little peek behind the, the microphone here. Matt and I stopped recording months ago. Got to be months Many ago, months. right? Many months ago, yeah. because we had we had recorded so far ahead of time, so we kind of banked episodes. So now we're we're back. I'm back into the booth. Matt's back into the the quiet room, and we are are ready to go. And in that time, I have backed. I can't tell you how many monster manuals on Kickstarter, and one of them has come in. One of our favorites, of course, Matt. Toma Beasts. Toma Beasts 2. Cobalt Press. Thank you, Cobalt Press, so much for the amazing stuff that you have. We we absolutely love your content. And this one, having looked through this one, even Cobalt Press is, is subject to about... 10% of the book being like, meh, okay, that's just kind of filler. Like, I don't see how I would really use that, how that's terribly unique. Which you, you'll find in, in any monster manual, I think. there, As we've said, there have to be peons. There has to be a dragon, you know. But I, I feel that for this one, for Tome of Beasts 2, there's, there's much less disappointment. So here's hoping we'll be using this one for a while. And we, we may, because I love so many of the monsters in this. All killer, no filler, as they say. That is, that is what that is. Cobalt Press's uh, motto, I believe. Yeah. What is that from? Is that a that's an album name, right? No, that's a, a music term, basically. Oh, okay. When you have all the tracks are are really good, and there's nothing in there that to just fill it out. Basically. Yeah, got it. Yeah, no buffer, no no fluff. So we are going to start Toma Beast Two, page fifty six. Fifty six, Matt. I'll give you the the image here. Okay. At fir- at first glance, and and as kind of to be expected, there are a handful of things in this that are a little silly, a little like meh. But if you're running a, a a silly encounter, a silly game, they work just fine. This one, I originally thought was a throwaway silly, but the way they have built it, the way they've they've given us mechanics and lore. It's just, I'm so impressed. It is a carnivorous ship. Interesting. And it is, the picture, as you can see on the podcast cover, is a ship with a great gaping shark maw in the, in, at the prow. And the, the prow of a ship opens into a gigantic tooth-filled maw with humanoid-shaped blobs of flesh swarming over the rails. Hmm. It is bribable. It is a giant cousin to the Mimic. The carnivorous ship is a cunning hunter of the seas. Wise captains traveling through known carnivorous ship hunting grounds carry tithes and offerings to placate the creatures. Already makes me want to run a water game. Yeah, it's the ultimate pirate. It's, it's, it is a, what is it? It's a gargantuan monstrosity. So it yeah. is, it is literally the size of a ship. Carnivorous ships live and hunt alone. Though they prefer to consume wood, metal, rope, and cloth, they aren't above eating flesh and readily eat entire ships, crew, and all. 
They reproduce asexually after a season of particularly successful hunts. Young carnivorous... An amazing detail. Young carnivorous ships are about the size of rowboats <laughs> and use the statistics of a mimic, except they also have one drone. As they age, they grow in size, eventually gaining more drones. And now we're on to the drone section. Carnivorous ships create vaguely humanoid drones from the flesh of their bodies. These drones are mindless and act under the mental direction of the carnivorous ship. From a distance, the drones appear to be a crew as they move about the deck of the carnivorous ship, but closer inspection reveals their true nature. When the carnivorous ship attacks another ship at sea, the drones swarm over the rails onto the target ship and take down the crew that would stop the carnivorous ship from enjoying its meal. Is there anything in there about the crew, or the drones, I guess you could say, needing to be on the ship? Oh, like, if they don't come back, they, they fall apart or something? Yeah, something like that. No, no, it's not. Okay. Yeah. Because I can see sort of a drone recruitment type thing at a in a port city where you're getting people to sign up and go on a different ship and then go out to feed the carnivorous ship on the high seas oh feed the people to them feed the whole thing so you you have oh you have the the drones in a port city with a different ship oh oh the drones are get a crew mm-hmm the drones are doing and, the and drive it out. The it's not really a Shanghai. It it would be a I don't know, just a just a a a, a false false recruitment, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't say the the only thing that that would throw a spanner in that is that it says that from a distance they appear to be a crew, but closer inspection reveals their true nature. Okay. So. Either they approach, either this, this like this seaport town has, has these, these All drones come in and nobody knows what they are. They just think they're some weird sailors. Sure. So they're, they're, there's like rumor going around like, oh, those, those weird sailors were back again, uh, uh, hiring more, more people to go out on their boat or, or they they cotton on like the the townsfolk cotton on to to what's going on i think if you can if you give them enough intelligence that you could you could probably pull it off especially in a port town that sees all sorts of different races and and people coming in there's they wouldn't really blink an eye you know exactly yeah yeah if you have a a half orc at a minotaur and whatever in that port city then Obviously, these kind of blobby-looking creatures. I would imagine it, their, you know, their facial features are a little bit less defined, probably yeah. than than uh, you would normally see on a humanoid. Something along those lines. That it, you would, you know, you'd look twice at them. But if there's so many weird things around, then yeah. obviously that's it's just another weird thing. Yeah, I see. I kind of I envision them. Kind of how they think, I think they've, they've portrayed doppelgangers in the past with like kind exactly. of flatter, blunter features, but they still, they can still pass as a human, you know? They look like Voldemort basically. Kind of. Yeah. Like all rounded out and flat. Yeah. Yeah. So some stats on our carnivorous ship here. It is, as we said again, gargantuan monstrosity. 
And I believe the Tarask is gargantuan, right? Just for, for I, reference. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I find that there are, are a lot of really big monsters in this one. I, I For some reason, I've cool. I noted that there are a lot of like gargantuans. And I don't know if it's the ratio is up or I'm just noticing them more. I'm not sure, but it's there's a lot to, to look at in here. So we have a, an armor class of 17, a speed of 10, a swim of 60 feet. Does that imply this thing can walk? I would imagine that, yeah, it has some sort of, maybe not walk necessarily, but if it gets kind of stuck. If it beaches itself. Like low tide or something. Yeah, if yeah. it's beached, then maybe it can push itself back into the water. It, or can, it can wriggle. Or maybe that's the, the drones pushing it. Oh, that's a good mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Because the drones are technically a part of it. So it's still moving itself. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always love that. I, a fun flavor to explain something that is just a standard mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hit points, 12d20 plus 60, which averages out to about 186. Okay. It is a level 13. It understands common, but can't speak. Blind sight of 60 feet, dark vision of 120, damage immunity to acid, condition immunity to prone. It is amphibious. It can breathe air and water. So each day at dawn, the carnivorous ship produces 12 vaguely humanoid drones. The drones share a telepathic link with the carnivorous ship and are under its control. A drone uses the statistics of a zombie, except it can't be knocked prone while on the carnivorous ship and can attach itself to the ship as a reaction when the ship moves. The carnivorous... The barnacle? Yeah, or a polyp, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, car the carnivorous ship can have no more than 12 drones under its control at one time. The carnivorous ship can use its action to polymorph into a gargantuan ship, such as a galleon, or back into its true amorphous form. Its statistics are the same in each form. Any equipment it is wearing or carrying isn't transformed. It reverts to its true form if it dies. And that's true to any mimic entry ever. It always says that it tr converts back to its true form, but I don't think anyone has ever committed to say what the true form of a mimic is. And I think we've had this discussion before, long time ago. I think so, yeah. And, and I, I think it just looks like a ditto from Pokemon, just like a chewed wad of gum, basically. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, whenever I've played or I've DM'd, it, I always have it just explode. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like Borderlands when you kill a major boss. It's just loot everywhere. Yeah, right. Just just all over the map. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I came up with an idea the other day that I want to... The next character that I want to play is a mimic farmer or a mimic domesticator who, like, trains mimics to, to, to make certain shapes. So, like, this is my... These are my chair mimics and these are my, my chest mimics and... So you would not be a mimic yourself. You would mm -mm. just be the Pokemon trainer. Basically, yeah. Okay. But what what class would that be? Ranger? I'm going to say yes just because I know you hate Ranger. <laughs> but... You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in working with animals, you know, like... And that that's I think there's more animal training in Ranger than there is even in Druid. Druid is really just communication. Yeah, I would have to say, and and the only thing that would have stopped me was a magical component, but rangers ha can have a magical component as well. Oh, sure, yeah. 
So, yeah, I'm going to have to say that's probably your, your best bet. Yeah, like like some, I don't, I don't know if it exists, but like some sort of like really animal specific beyond just one single animal, unless, unless you work it in story wise that your, your animal companion is a, is a, a mimic, but you're also, you also train mimics like that's just backstory, I guess. Well, backstory, and maybe you can work it in where the, you have a specific mimic, say, you know, just, just one that you take out with you, but you can swap it out for a different one if you want, which doesn't oh, really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Since a mimic could just be anything anyway. Right. But <laughs> you have this stable of mimics that are just constantly changing into things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go back to home base, so to speak, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you, you're surrounded by these little creatures kind of bouncing around and, you know, turning into hats and, and chests. And yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I, I haven't quite solidified the the mechanics, or frankly, the purpose behind it. But I, I I'm I'm toying with the idea. I just I'm I'm very tickled by the idea of a of a mim a mimic domesticator. You know. Yeah, I don't know if it's much more than flavor. Yeah, right. I mean, you could you could easily build a mimic animal companion. I think. Yeah. But right. Beyond that. Like you said, you're you're just a ranger for the most part, though it would take a little bit of kind of finagling around because I believe the choices, at least I believe in Pathfinder, the choices kind of split where you can be more animal companion heavy mm. or more magic heavy. Yes. Yeah. So you would have to kind of kind of tread that line a little bit more. Yeah. Right. And and I I can't I haven't decided yet if he would be like training training mimics to be good and then like selling them to to common people or or like selling them to villains to populate their dungeon oh kind of an arms dealer (laughs) kind of yeah that'd be interesting i'm trying to figure out what a what a good mimic would do yeah like what's what's the value of having a trained mimic yeah okay so now you're a cart to carry stuff okay and now you're a forklift to move that stuff yeah it's just a swiss army companion maybe i don't know yeah that's that would be interesting (laughs) in and of itself it's it's a boy in his blob Uh, pretty much you have to feed it jelly beans to to train it to turn into whatever you need him to do and heaven forbid you not have the instruction booklet because you don't know what any of those jelly beans will do oh man in the age of no internet yeah yeah exactly Even the game genie are, isn't going to help you with mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care if I have infinite jelly beans. I don't know what any, like, I will infinitely not know what they do. <laughs> exactly. And die after the first level mm. every time. Yeah, we never got far. <sighs> Nintendo games were unforgiving. We got farther in the Back to the Future game. And that one made zero sense. I think Boy and His Blob made more yes. sense than Back to the Future. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of Back to the Future, let's go back to the carnivorous ship. Got a couple more details in terms of actions here. The carnivorous ship can make a multi-attack, which is basically just two bites. It is a plus 11 to hit, a reach of 10 feet. One target, it is 3d10 plus 6 piercing plus 4d8 acid damage. So you start getting digested immediately. Okay. It can spit cannonballs. The carnivorous ship spits cannonball-like lumps of indigestible metal at up to three points it can see within 100 feet. 
Each creature within 5 feet of a point must make a DC 18 dex saving throw or take four, uh, taking 4d8 slashing damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful. And finally, slashing damage from a cannonball? Slashing, right, yeah. So I guess because it's because it's within five feet of a point, it's it like explodes. Okay, so it's shrapnel based. Yeah. Okay. Well, however, if sure it's five five feet within a point, but I'd say if you hit something with that, I would add a at least forty eight of bludgeoning on top of that. Exactly. Would, yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. You would flatten something. Exactly. Yeah, we all we all saw the Patriot where the cannonball just takes pieces of people off. Oh, for sure. Another 90s reference. Okay, final thing, final action is Surge. The carnivorous ship moves up to 400 feet in a straight line and can move through huge and smaller objects as if they were difficult terrain. So normally the movement on this thing is 60 feet. If it uses its action to Surge, it will go 400 feet, which is, it's basically ship combat. Yeah, for sure. But 400 feet is, is that- crazy fast. And is that any direction, but or it has to be like in the in its orientation? I don't know. They didn't they didn't put that mechanic in there. You're you're saying it 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 would be too encumbered in ship form to be able to like swivel around, or does it? Being a mimic, it has adv- the advantage of being able to move and swim more lively. Well, I think that yeah, that would be something that the the DM would have to kind of yeah house rule it. Right. But I would say if it's if it is a ship, then you can't just kind of spin around. You can't even go backwards, I would say. Yeah. Like you hit it's the orientation you're in, and that's probably why they mentioned that you can go through something smaller. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a straight line too, so you can't be worked exactly. swerving and, and weaving. Yeah. It's like a charge. Yeah, right. Right. This movement doesn't provoke attack of opportunity. If it moves through a huge or smaller object, the object takes 10d10 bludgeoning. If it moves through a ship, the ship's pilot can make a DC 15 wisdom using navigator's tools and have the damage on a success. So basically, like, okay. he, he he finagles out of the way enough that it doesn't just completely decimate the ship. Yeah. So I, I have a theory. I'm, I'm going to posit a theory here. The Titanic was taken down by a mimic, a mimic iceberg. I could see that. <laughs> I, I just heard the other day that they blamed it on solar flares now that it messed up their orientation and, and, and all that, which, yeah, I mean, I get it, I guess, or it could just be human error. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, supposedly they, they weren't, they weren't supposed to go that close to any icebergs. Like they knew the path, but like, how do you, gotcha. how do you track an iceberg in what was it, the early 1900s? You know, you yeah, it's like nineteen ten. You remember where where it was last time and hope it hasn't moved. That's essentially it, right? Yeah, the last time you were across the Atlantic <laughs> yeah. two months ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, right. Unless there's like a navy or or some some organization out there like really tracking those, but I have my doubts. Yeah, certainly not then. Yeah. So yeah, I I think messing with the the navigational equipment is a possibility, mm-hmm. but I would say even more of a possibility. Mimic iceberg. Mimic iceberg. That, that the most the most likely possibility. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So thought thoughts on carnivorous ship, Matt. For for um, straight out I, of the gate, Toma Beasts two, your first entry. What do you think? 
I think that it is the perfect ship combat kind of end boss type mm-hmm. thing. You can have a, a fleet of regular ships and then all of a sudden coming along the horizon, you just see this this Pac-Man looking boat just <laughs> gobbling up ships as it as it gets to you. Yeah. It is one of those moments where your players will just look at each other like what the heck is going on right yeah. now. Yeah, if they've if they've and had it, nothing leading up to it to to even suspect it or know that this could even be a thing, definitely, yeah. Yeah. You could even play a, you know, quote unquote mimic campaign where that's just a central focus mm-hmm. of your campaign in general, but you're not going to expect one to be a a ship obviously, but yeah. also to be this large. Like no, you know, doors, treasure chests, chairs, uh-huh. Things like that, sure, but a giant ship with you know blob like drones that's that's a little bit out of the ordinary, yeah, I'd say even for d and d it's it's the next level, and it's it kind of it it ties in with the the y- your imagination is the only limit, so as a player, if you're like, well, I've seen these, but I haven't imagined like a a a mimic ship. It's it's not like you're saying, oh, no, that can't happen. It's just that you've never thought about that happening. Yeah. And that's the beauty it, of this it, is it, it inspires you as a DM to be like, oh, what else can I do? Exactly. It's not that it hasn't happened. It's that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. That is that is a beautiful phrase for a DM. That is beautiful. I want that. I want that as a tattoo. That is wonderful. <laughs> it's one of those mugs you get off of Etsy. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. And on the other side, it says it has. It's not that it hasn't happened. It ha- It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah, that's that could be the slogan for this podcast. I think. I think that's a, a good a good sting there. <laughs> it only took us two seasons that's to get right. there, but yeah, this is this is episode sixty three at this point. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by the mimics. I'm intrigued by the the possibility of more more things being mimics and and honestly, like you said, a whole a whole mimic campaign to to be and and, and of course you would tie in the the mimic farmer with that. I think so. Yeah. I think maybe the mimic farmer is the guy that has cultivated this and it kind of got out of hand. Ooh, okay. You know? So he, he could be an NPC then or no, I, I guess that's yeah, a good hook for NPC. a PC too. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe the, for example, the guy you were going, you want to play, he's the kind of the driving focus of at least this part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like this is his personal campaign, so to speak, yeah. that the other PCs have to help him with. Right. But I could, you know, I could see a whole village of buildings, as mimics in kind of a cartoony way like a really weird psychedelic you know roger rabbity type Mm -hmm. thing yeah they're 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 just slightly off in proportions and and tim burton-esque angles and just exactly they should not be able to stand up over the under their own power Mm -hmm. But somehow they do. And then you look and then the you know the windows blink yeah (laughs) yes yeah the the idea of of mimics it's hard not to stray into like cartoon territory for sure so you could make it really fun and silly but also i think 
the idea of not knowing where anything, what anything is, like you can't trust anything. Exactly. Is also really, really intriguing to me to use for, for suspense. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of taking that mimic farmer along and maybe he has a sort of sixth sense where he can detect mm. mimics a little mm-hmm. bit more than, than your average PC. But still, you don't know whether it's a good mimic or a bad mimic. Oh, sure. Is it something that wishes to do you harm or is it just eh, it's it's just a random box of bananas? Yeah. I don't know. With a with a, a mimic ban- banana spider inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, a, a ship combat is probably the only way mm. to do it. I, I'm wondering if there is a way to kind of move things around where you're, you're able to board the ship and still have it maybe move that large maw from the, the oh. front of the ship to something else. Like in the, like the, or, the deck opens up and it's, it, that's where the mouth, I don't see why not. It is amorphous. Yeah. Yeah, that otherwise you're just you're basically if you're just doing straight ship combat, then you're just gonna be shooting cannonballs or spells or whatever. Mm. Otherwise you're you're up there, you know, hacking away at the mast and hacking away at the you know, the 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 railing, just top any, of the ship. Literally any yeah, piece anything, of the ship. Anything on there. Yeah, because it it, yeah. it is all a living creature, so no matter where you hit it, you're 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 hitting it. But that just seems silly. Yeah, honestly. yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's if you're not using it ship wise, how how do you make it anything, or do you make it anything beyond just a ship encounter? Yeah, I mean, you do have that crazy kind of initial moment where they're going to look at it and say, "Oh crap, this is a boat with teeth." Mm. But you know, beyond that, you want to you want to give them something a little bit more, and you want to give the the melee, you know, you want to give the barbarian or the fighter something to do beyond just maybe shooting arrows at it or something like right. that. It seems kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. I, I think, I think there is grand potential there, but it's also, if you don't expand on it, it could just become, Oh, okay. That was cool. Yeah. And you, beyond just letting the, the barbarian hack away at the drones, which seems kind of, mm. it, Maybe cool at first, but can get old really fast. Yeah. A, a dozen. It's basically a dozen zombies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I would like to see the the ship family, I guess you could say, all the way up from rowboat. Oh, yeah. To, yep. To tugboat to, you know, and the run to the litters, like just a raft. <laughs> like a pool raft. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a blown up raft. Yeah. Like a rubber duck. <laughs> yeah. The 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 age. The age groups of, of, uh, of a carnivorous ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the drones that are, that accompany it. So the, oh yeah, right. One of them is just sitting there with, a, with a glass of ale and his little rubber ducky floating. Mm-hmm. And... Just floating along the river. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like that idea a lot. That would be, that would be really cool to introduce early on to your players. And, and, sure. and that would be, I think that's an even better holy crap moment of them, them seeing that little thing and thinking like, what, what was that? How was that a thing? And then later on seeing the, the big bad mama version of that. Exactly. That's cool. That tie in. I like. Yeah. Cause you can then connect the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the idea. Maybe they, they get a boat cause they have to go out and it's just a small rowboat, but they have to go to like a small Island or something sure. out on 
in the middle of the the water and they go to push the boat out and then they have to make some kind of a reflex check or something like that because the boat snaps at them. Oh, the boat. That's their introduction. The boat that they're going to use. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe the, the drone is up on land, like scouting for something or Mm -hmm. something along those lines. So he left it just sitting on the, on the, the beach somewhere mm-hmm. and this is really their only means of accessing this island at the moment and they re- they know that that's where they have to go yeah so then they go and and to use this boat and it it comes alive so that's their first oh crap moment mm-hmm. and then they realize that okay there's more of these as you know your rowboat your you know your your tugboat your steamboat all this kind of these aquatic crafts are, are more alive than they, they thought they were. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like starting that, that seed and, and then building onto it. Yeah. And then if you're really, if you really want to go out, out there, aircraft, you know, mm-hmm. a fly, you know, Bowser ship, mm-hmm. something like that. Flying where, ships, hot air balloon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zeppelins. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, like we said, anything could be a mimic. Yep. Anything. Thank, thank you, Mimic Farmer. All right. So thank your local Mimic thank farmer. you, local Mimic Farmer for 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 this monstrosity. So for the the first episode of the year, Matt, how would you rate the carnivorous ship on a scale of vaguely humanoid drones? I would give it eight vaguely humanoid drones. Generous in the new year. You're going to spend all uh, your points now. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Spending it all up front, so I'm gonna have nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> December's my dump stamp. Yes, just just zeros, zeros all exactly. around. <laughs> no, I, I love the the potential for for the campaign potential. Mm. You know, you can start small and grow. And obviously it we've laid out a bunch of different options here in terms of how to utilize this creature mm-hmm. in your campaign and how to really build upon it and and make it something even larger and if we see someone out there with a mimic farmer we're going to know that they've listened to random encounters yeah i think nobody else could have come up with that idea it is that absurd (laughs) yeah exactly that is i i like that i like that it's it opens up the world it's a lot like some previous ones that we've we've talked about it opens up the world of mimics in general and i think that is that giving giving us that opening our eyes to that, giving us that possibility is it warrants a higher, a higher grade because, because it's inspiration. It gets inspiration from us. You know, it gets a D six of of grade basically. Pretty much. Yeah. It just nudges us over that cliff of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So that is, that is eight vaguely humanoid drones for the carnivorous ship from Tome of Beasts 2. Thank you. Cobalt press. Come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. While you are waiting for that, head on over to fecklessmomes.com. Check out the random encounters page. We've got all of the different books that we can pull from. If you've got any of those and you've got a monster that you would like us to talk about, let us know. Shoot us a line at momes at fecklessmomes.com. There's a contact us right on the front of fecklessmomes.com. You can find us at Feckless Momes on Instagram or Facebook and uh, let us know what you do, what you like, how you play, what you want to do with the carnivorous ship. And while you're while you're on the Internet anyway, like most of us are, 
head on over to Apple Podcasts or any of your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate that. It helps other nerds find us and listen to us. We greatly appreciate that. So until next week, Matt and I will be talking random monsters in our sleep, and we will uh, talk to you then. Bye-bye. Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.